It's um, five minutes till 11, and Tom should be joining us any minute now. I'm so glad that you're joining us. It's so good to see you all here. Please don't hesitate to put a comment in the chat if you want me to address something, or if you're, you know, would like clarification on any of the answers that um, we have from Tom. And I'm just so excited. I've been looking forward to this for over a month. Um, when you get a chance, you know, download, download your copy of the coach's notes that I wrote about Tom's book. It highlights the great ideas that he has in the book that I think are a really great guide to watching what we're going to do today. And then um, I've taken quotes out of his book and just added my two cents in the, you know, what I've learned after really close to a thousand conversations with autistic young adults, helping them systemize self-reliance. So, um, gosh, I hope Tom's going to come join us soon and um, hoping the tech is going to work because tech is tricky. And um, I'm just hoping to see him here really soon. There he is. Hi, Tom. Hello. Oh, I love it when the tech works, don't you? There we go. Much better. <laughs> Much better. We are live already. I was just, I just got us started so that I could see you. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So what's it like in Colorado? Do I see snow in the window there? Oh, no, man. It's, it's probably what it's like in Florida. We've been in the 70s. Oh, my uh, goodness. Super oh. drought and warm, actually. So, yeah. Okay. Not good, actually, but pleasant weather. Yes, pleasant weather. Yeah, we've got dry leaves and, uh, you know, in the 30s out here. I'm in Rochester, New York. So. Oh, New York. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, up by gotcha. the finger. Yeah, we haven't gotten any of that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. So you guys aren't caught up to us yet. No, like we need it. Yeah, ski season's been delayed for a lot of places. And yeah, it's been interesting. Oh, shoot. Yeah, yeah. This whole global whatever we want to call right. it. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, we got to get this fixed. Uh, right. We do. We got to shrink our footprints and all that good stuff as much as we can. Right. Yeah. So, um, can you see my screen okay? I can, I can, yes. Okay, good. And so that's where the, the questions are going to pop up. We have, I have seven of them here, which uh, I think five, six, oh, the last one I didn't no label number seven. I'm going to put that on there right now just so we know where we are. And yeah. Out of space there, Lynn. Come on, keyboard. Oh, you know what the problem happens to be? Is that you only get so many, it's gonna have to be awkward because you only get so many spaces. <laughs> on okay. Yeah. Well, if you do that and wanna read a little bit of, if you have a paper copy too or whatever. I actually have an electronic copy of the questions as well. Let's see if I can find out where I put them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Oh, didn't I not put them up here? Oh, I know why. There they are. Ha, I've got them here. Yes, but you, you can't see them, so sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. We'll just have yeah. a good conversation, which is fine. Yeah. So how long have you been working at, um, at HumanX? How long have you had that organization? I have been here for 10 years. 10 years. Uh, 10 years here. So... Yeah. Did yeah, you guys start it? Did you start it up from scratch or was it already there? <clears throat> it was here. It's, the school's been around since 1983. Um, okay. 
But uh, when I came in, um, my principal and I, uh, Katie Cahill, just made some tweaks on who we were working with and kind of narrowed down the range of students. So we're uh, very broadly, those neurodiverse individuals we're talking about. Yeah. Um, all of our kids have some sort of learning disability, typically um, reasonable level of, of anxiety, executive functioning issues. About 45% of our students have a, like a formal spectrum diagnosis, um, mm -hmm. but we have two E kids as well. Um, so really, our, our, our real niche are those internalizer groups of kids. So um, students who, you know, sensitive kids who feel things strongly and mm -hmm. and and need a place that's quiet and individualized and small. Um, mm -hmm. And and that makes a huge difference for them, uh, especially if they're not in classes where they're having to navigate kids that might have similar backgrounds, but um, are more externalizers as their main coping skill. Um, mm -hmm. So um, it's it's a really good niche for for these kids because it's hard to find an environment that that is tailored to them. So my son attends the Norman Howard School, and his first day there, he came home and said, "Mom, finally a place where they teach the way I learn." Right. So it sounds a lot. You know, like you does. the Norman Howard School and your school probably have a lot in common. Right. And it was great because he could still participate in the ex in the extracurricular activities with his normal right. school district. So he was in, you know, track. Right. It was a one. It was a heaven sent. Right. Well, it's amazing when you get a group of students that are similar to each other. And mm -hmm. I always say that that our student population is all about five degrees off from one another. And it yeah. and it it becomes authentic inclusion where everyone's working on the same stuff and you can still have groups of friends and, 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 and some social hierarchy. Um, and that's where the learning happens. You know, this whole population are, you know, experiential learners. And if you're in an environment where you're, you're so different than the rest of the population, it's hard to have, um, I don't know, it's, it's hard to learn from social mistakes or, mm -hmm. you know, or to build relationships, you know, in other settings, I would have that scenario where you grab the kid that's here on the social hierarchy. Yeah. Talk to this kid and you grab that guy ahead of time and you're like, what are you doing? You know, we're going to we're going to have a conversation. We're going to patch this up. You guys are going to get along. And the, the student on the higher end of the hierarchy typically leaves frustrated with everybody and then goes and tells their friends that the other student told on them, which yeah. wouldn't typically be the case. And then those two people don't ever have a chance to repair or build a friendship, right? But if, if you have this similarity, um, you can have differences and you can learn to resolve conflicts. And, and for a lot of our kids, you can learn for the first time that you can have a friend mm -hmm. and, and friends can have arguments. Yes. And they can even say mean things to each other and they can patch it up. And, and almost for all of our kids, they've never had that experience where if they've made a mistake, they're off the birthday you know, card list and yeah. they don't get invited to the sleepovers or whatever that might be. And so they go through life in a very defensive manner, of not knowing what to do. And they spend a lot of energy focusing on not making mistakes. Mm. That typically means I'm gonna hide and I'm not going to say yeah. anything. Um, and then yeah. we're not building any skills other than how to hide really well. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we're, How we're to stay in that comfort zone. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And you don't grow from there. No. You know? And so mm-hmm. it's creating those opportunities in the moment where it's happening provides a magical experience for me because, you know, I know all the players. I know their teachers. I probably know all their friends and their parents. And I can have a, a much more effective conversation with a student than I might if I only know them, you know, in, you know, Tuesday evening to come talk to me because it's second or third hand information and, uh, you know, and it may or may not be accurate. Um, Right. And here we can go, okay, I don't think that was bullying. I think that was some feedback. And let's talk about what I saw. Um, And it still hurts, but Mm -hmm. I think they were asking you to be quiet Mm -hmm. while we were watching the movie. And that's mm-hmm. that's different than somebody bullying you. And, and that and peer coaching, they listen to absolutely, that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just it's great to be there when it's all happening. Um, you know, or even yeah. talking to a third student that might impact the social dynamic with two other students. And so, yeah, you know, students are learning and growing in a way that doesn't make them feel like they're in a treatment center or it's a big intervention um, because who wants to be part of that all the time? Um, So it needs to feel normal Mm -hmm. and and be yourself and make tweaks where you need to, when you need to. Mm -hmm. Little tweaks, because it's the little tweaks that make the, not, you know, these huge leaps, you know, but it's the little ones. Right. Yeah. Right. And if you try for the big leaps, that you're also sending the message that there's something wrong with you yes. and you are wrong and that everything about you needs to change. And that's we know that's not true. Um, right. You know, but but for all of us, we need to know I'm going to this setting. How do I need to, to interact here versus someplace else? And it's, it tends to be those those minor tweaks that you have to learn and do for real. Um, mm-hmm to get better at it. Yeah, practice. Um, right, because most of our students have had enough social groups to know the broad social rules of discourse with others. It's, you know, typically peers are harder than adults, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but it's, it's navigating group conversations with peers where the topics can change every 40 seconds um, <laughs> and, and keeping up with that and, you know, your slang or, you know, sarcasm is discovered in middle school and most people aren't good at it, you know, you know, and so like, how do you interpret that or how do you do that better? Mm-hmm. How do you tell jokes? You know, lately we've been working on uh, probably not good to tell Dave Chappelle or Chris Rock jokes because um, they're not your jokes. And <laughs> It can be offensive um, and that's not what people are signing up to do when they hang out with you. And so like, how do we help you be funny? And that's a hard one. So you mentioned the parents. I think I read that you have weekly meetings with them. Um, not weekly here. I mean, well, as needed. So we meet a reasonable amount with parents, okay. teachers, and then are communicating with them on a daily basis also on how things are going on here at school um, to keep them in the loop of, yep. of the progress because, you know, teenagers are teenagers. And so <laughs> parents here 
no news or um, you know sometimes only the one thing that didn't go well during a day um, that's true you know and mm -hmm. so it's so and so said their day was horrible and we're like really like let's tell you what we saw and then it, it you know it might be one 15 second interaction is what yes. they remember you but know? that paints the whole picture for them absolutely right yeah. and and makes sense with the background for a lot yeah. of our students that the that's been their experience yep. um, that days don't go well or sometimes they're really good at talking about what's not right with them or what hasn't gone well because that's how adults have interacted with them too yeah you know? let's yeah. work on your social skills or executive functioning or whatever it might be yeah yeah well let's dive into some of the questions here um all right the first one is how do i get my young adult to listen to my coaching all i usually <laughs> get is resistance right pretty typical um <clears throat> There's not a single answer to this, but I, I think what really I'm encouraging families to do is is be a little bit of a detective as well as a coach and 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 breaking out all the things that can be contributing to uh, the resistance for coaching. Um, the first thing I talk with families about are just understanding how change occurs. Um, as adults, we can look at young people and go, okay, you're going to need to do X, Y, and Z, and this is what's coming down the track, and oh my gosh, we got to get this together for you. Um, we're ready for change to happen. Um, not always the, the, the case for, for these adolescents. I think it's important to know that really first stage of change is not knowing that change has to happen at all. Um, right. You're oblivious and you're happy right. doing what you're doing. Why should I get off the couch? I enjoy yeah. Minecraft. Like, this is my day's pretty good. Um, and if you come at that student with, okay, you know, high school starting or you're gonna go to college in two years, they don't even know what you're talking about. Time and to so, get a job. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and then I think, you know, the next, uh, the, the, the next stage really is just that contemplating that change might even need to happen, you know. Still then just followed by, okay, I'm willing to start thinking about planning or things that I might be able to do. Um, and it's not till stage four that, that individuals are ready to jump into change and start thinking about how to do it and practicing. Um, and even if they're there, they're gonna cycle back to the beginning again. And so you are constantly doing a spiral of ups and downs and backs and forths. Um, but I want parents to start thinking about in, in any of those areas that you're trying to coach or make changes, like. Where is this individual coming from? Are they unaware? Are they contemplating it, but they're not sure what to do it? Are they, are, are they ready to sit down with you and, and, and develop goals and action plans and, and make that happen? Um, because once you start understanding where they're at in the process, you can shape your questions to help move that process forward. Mm -hmm. um, you know, someone who's not, not aware, you might talk to and say, okay, I, I understand that you wanna um, be an animator. Um, okay, that's a great goal. How are we gonna get there? How are, you gonna, how are you gonna get the schooling to do that if you're not fill in the blank? Um, so comments and questions that, that, that create some level of tension um, and discomfort as you're pointing that out. 
um, but in a way that's not a hammer coming down on them. Mm -hmm. um, so you're, you're just doing that and you're wanting to create tension because it needs to be less comfortable to sit on the couch than it is to try the next step ultimately, or we'd all be on the couch. Yes. Um, or many of us would be on the couch. Um, so, but you need to do it in an artful coaching sort of manner to make that happen. Um, you know, then if they're contemplating it, I think you're still doing a lot of highlighting the things and you can have conversations about, okay, what's a good thing about making these changes? What's a, what are some pros for not making the changes? And, and just slowly going through that process. Um, and it's it's important to note that as as they start to sort of move forward, you have to hold yourself together, not to jump in and go, okay, I got them. They've turned the corner. Here we're going to make progress goals, and we're going to start tracking it because you're going to lose them and they're going to recoil. So there truly is an art to that part. Um, yeah. I think I, the, I like the to, other thing I ahead. like to picture a rubber band. You know, it's like. You can, you can, here's where they are and here's what we want to do. You want just the right amount of tension on it because if you right. go too far, it's going to snap in your face. Right, exactly. Um, and as change is happening, I think that understanding that just like the resilience component um, for these kiddos, because, you know, I, I would say they, they only have a limited amount of fuel each day to devote right. to all that they're doing. Um, right. And, you know, as adults, I think, we have a lot of routines and patterns, and so we're not going through the day making big decisions of, you know, how to get dressed or brush your teeth or what's next. Like, there's a lot of automation for us. Um, mm -hmm. For them, it's not always the case. So, you know, their fuel consumption is probably double ours. And I know a lot of students whose tanks are empty by 11 o'clock and they're running on fumes. Um, and so you really have to parse out what you're doing and slow down and go one step at a time. Um, and, and that's at home as well as when, you know, young adult is, you know, moving out or going, you know, to do other things that, that they're going to be tired. Um, and it might not immediately be apparent, but it is happening and they need time mm -hmm. to recharge um, mm -hmm. and take a stepwise, stepwise approach. Um, so it's a broad answer to that question. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's an incrementality mentality um, right. and at meeting them where they are. Right. As opposed to where you'd like for them to be, to be. Right. And the earlier you start, the better, because I think, you know, if, if you're waiting till second semester of a senior year of high school mm -hmm. to get them ready in five months to be doing big things, the parent's going to feel all the pressure because they're going to want those conversations to go quickly. Um, and I think the earlier, you know, even as little kids just in com, you know, like comment on, you know, you won't be living with us forever. Um, we're going to have you be independent or, you know, at some point that you're not going to be on the payroll anymore and you are going to have to learn to do whatever, or like whatever is appropriate for that student. But the more you bring it up in less pressured situations, um, right. the more, that's a context for other pushing and going forward. Yeah, if we do it in yeah. the middle of the drama, their amygdala's already shut us off. Right. You know, they're not taking it in in the prefrontal cortex. So we have right. to take it at a time when things are level. Right, absolutely. Yeah. So here's the next question. How do we keep them, 
how we how do we help them set goals, get a good picture in their minds about what their future will look like? I think a, a little bit of what we were just saying. I think it's a lot of thinking out loud as you know, I encourage parents to talk out loud when they're doing things during the day of um, I need to go pay bills. Um, I'm online, you know, we have to pay for, you know, for a mortgage or rent or did you know that food's gone up or gas is really expensive or, um, you know, do we really need all those channels of cable? Are we using them? This is how mm. much it costs. Wow. Um, so I think it's that broader conversation initially. Um, but then I think it's as as they get older, I think it's also important to introduce that sort of commercial transaction at home, too, of like, OK, how are you going to contribute here? Because that's important, you know. If they're lucky enough to have a have a job, okay, maybe you can contribute a little bit, or you get to pay for mm -hmm. the things that I've been paying for. Um, I think it's a it's a stepwise process there as well. But I think just a continuous conversation about it again yeah. outside of the panicked moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. With it. Um, yeah. And again, it's driving in the car is a great time to do it too, where you're just oh, like, okay, yeah. we got to go to the bank. Yeah. Right. And so you just yeah. talk about what it is or if they go to the yeah. grocery store. Wow. Things have gotten expensive. Um, and yeah. I think that tends to go better than we need to sit down and talk about how hard the world is. And yeah. And you don't get this together. Then you'll be on the street or, you know, yeah. those sort of conversations, which, you know, I, I know have happened. But, you know, it's it comes from the best place. But anxious parents trying to figure out, you know, what they're going to do. and um, it's scary for everyone. So I'm well, always what we do inside my courses. Yeah, what we do inside my courses, we break life into ten parts, and then we put together um, what they've done, what they want next, and then what are they going to do the next week, and then we track how right. well they do doing it. They evaluate themselves. So what I'm, what we try to do is make those cognitive right. links in small, in, in each of the 10 areas. It's just, you know, where's your, what do you want to be when you grow up is that kind of a question just sort of is too big. I like to break it down. Right, absolutely. Right, well, and it's them doing it, which yes. is key. Um, yes. And they're evaluating themselves. Exactly. Uh, which I think gives you a really good measure um, and you know it's them doing it as opposed to parents propping up the performance right. that's that you're seeing and then we um figure out what are the thought blocks you know what are the things that we're thinking that are getting in our way and how can we reshape our thoughts so that we get right. the action in place right. so it helps them get more aware of how their thoughts drive their results right 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 yeah yeah, yeah. well number three is um you can these are there's a theme here how do we get them to do more than play video games or watch youtube <laughs> Well, that's a, I would say that's a tricky one, and it's not a tricky one. I think I think the the video games and the stuff can have some real benefit um, for this group. Mm -hmm. that, that there's there's peers and there's relationships and there's there's esteem and and all of those things um, are tied in with it. So it's never as easy as saying just take it away. Um, yeah. yeah. But I think it's also important to help govern the amount that they're doing. And I think um, to, for some time, it's important that, that the parents go, it's got to go off at this time and we're going to monitor it and we got to put it away. 
um, because that learning doesn't occur unless you're walking alongside them and you're making that happen. And I think that's then a great conversation to talk about why you're concerned about the fact that they're up to four o'clock in the morning and sleeping until 12 or whatever it might be and linking that to next step and future things um, and then go back to that links to the the change piece of how are you going to, to work in the animation world if you can't get to bed by at least 11 and get up in the morning or whatever it might be. Um, and how do you find people online that aren't in Australia in the mm -hmm. middle of the night is the only mm -hmm. people that you need to talk to. Um, mm -hmm. Like that has to happen. I think the, the problem with video games that I see too is that it becomes the only coping skill. Um, and, if, and if they're only on a device to feel less anxious, we're not helping them. And if, and if that's all they got, then I do think is you gotta pull it back and let them find another coping skill when that device isn't there. Um, when I was working with students who were um, living in apartments and going to college, we were, we were a no-go on a lot of this stuff because I knew they weren't going to come out of their rooms. They weren't gonna make friends with the person next door that they could be friends with because that's their safe place. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think you have to do that sort of uh, investigation piece um, to know what's going on. Lynn, you froze on me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I am hearing what you're saying. Yeah, we've you've frozen a little, and I'm frozen, but it's okay. Keep going. Oh, you got it. Okay, now you're moving. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but but I think sometimes you have to step in and be a parent and go. We're not doing it. No. Um, it's not There's okay. The um, because it's not functional, right? Because right. it it will not go away if you don't help them do that. And right. and and there are some there are some individuals that you can take it away for a little bit and they can learn their lesson and then we can build forward. And then there's a lot that can't. Um, right. And here at school, we struggle with the same thing. And, mm -hmm. and for the most part, I don't think middle schoolers aren't typically capable of, of doing that self-regulation. I mean, it's a, it's a stimulation machine in their pocket all the time um, yeah. that they're gonna wanna, they're gonna think about if they're not touching about it, touching it. Um, and, and again, they're not learning other skills. They'll go like, what right. if I have to call my mom? Well, the building has wired phones everywhere. Like you don't have to have it in your pocket. Like let's teach you to hold on to that, compartmentalize it, and then we'll, we'll you know, address what we need to next and we can make a call if we have to. Um, so you have to keep doing that over and over again for them to learn it. Um, many think they'll die if the phone's not in their pocket or they're not on the screen. And so you really have to undo it. You're not employable. You have it, and I, I always say like our goal for students when they when they when they graduate is they need to show up on time, they need to get along with people most of the time, they need to meet expectations most of the time, mm -hmm. and they need to learn to hold themselves accountable to the first three. And mm -hmm. and for any of us, if we can't do that in life, you're unemployable. Yes. You, flat out, it doesn't matter if you have a doctorate or a training and whatever. No one cares. Um, right. And that's like the other harsh reality I tell um, students, too, is like the world just doesn't care if you have a disability. They don't. There are millions of people out there that are willing to bend over backwards to help you. But you need to have uh, be able to communicate and ask for appropriate accommodations when they're needed. Um, and you have to do those four things. Um, if you can't do it, it's not going to happen. 
Um, no, and, you can have all the hard skills, but you got to have those soft skills. I mean, you can absolutely programming, but it's half and half. It's not 80-20. It's really half and half. Right, right. Because we would all rather, I mean, we'd all, everyone would love superstars working for them. But I'll tell you what, I, I could pass on the superstar that's not going to do those things of showing up yeah. and getting along with people and meeting expectations with occasional genius. You know, give me the plugger who shows up and works their tail off and communicates. Like, I'll bend over backwards to help that person. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's a big reality shift when you step out of high school um, yeah. and life becomes voluntary. And people aren't required to um, give accommodations um, or they're very limited anyway in college and you have to take responsibility for them, which mm -hmm. is so great when you were talking about, you know, assessing yourself and how did we yes. do on what we were talking about this week? Because it's, yeah. you know, people can coach you, but you have to own it and you're in the yeah. driver's seat more now than ever before. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I teach them. There's 10, 10 um, journaling tools that I teach them that help them, you know, cement their commitment, notice their thinking, um, figure right. out what to learn from something that didn't go well, and then move right. on from that. Um, yeah. You know, that, that those are the tools that I want them to have, and then some other mindset tools that just help them shift away from the pain of being hurt. Um, right. There's a yeah, lot. and out of the panic or anxiety of the moment, right. let's go back to that. Okay, what am I? What, what's really supposed to be happening today? Yeah, um, and what do I need to be doing? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let me turn on to that. Well, did that you just led right into the next question, which was how do we conquer our fear of their future? So while they're, you're teaching them how to regulate all day at school, we're trying to figure out how to regulate ourselves too. Well, it's scary. I, you know, I think. Parents can, you know, wake up in the middle of the night panicking of how are they going to support themselves? Um, you know, even if there's money available for them to be independent, like how are they going to do it? I mean, yeah. what's going to happen? Um, and, and I think that parents being a detective and stepping back and doing that assessment of like, who are we? Who is this child I'm trying to, you know, get independent? Um, what are their strengths and weaknesses? What are next steps that we can do? Um, is crucial because if you don't have a framework to work within as a parent, you're always going to be panicked. And, yeah. and, then, and, and then what happens is that you start getting on the internet and clicking on things that seem like oh. they're going to be that quick fix and you just start throwing everything at it. And, um, you know, that, that's, this is what I was hoping to bring to the world with this book of like helping parents slow down because um, at least when, when I was, you know, early on working with with this population 20 years ago, you know, I had my own anxiety about it, and um, and everybody would, you know, try to sum everything down into we need to have social skills groups and we need to to fix their executive functioning problems. Um, and I remember thinking, right, right. but <laughs> I think it's more complicated than that. Yes. And, and just because they're stuck doesn't mean they need to go to a social skills group or they're even ready for that or interested right. in it or um, and, you know, if anyone can figure out how to rewire brains so that there's no executive functioning issues, like we're talking Nobel Prize sort of stuff. And we will um, take that magic wand. Right. And, it, and, and that's not there. Right. But it's not um, there. Yeah. But we can. When people are motivated and they and, and they know what they're yes. going or they have something to achieve, all yes. of a sudden it's it's miraculous how 
you know, personal hygiene can improve or being on time or accepting uh, accommodations that are available for them at school or even, you know, willingness to work on taking their medication on their own. Like all of those things can happen if you have those other things laid out. And I, and I think as a parent, if you have a strategy that, that is, you know, always fluid, but sort of stepwise and you know where you're at and you know where the next reasonable step needs to be, you'll be able to check yourself when you're anxious in the middle of the night to go, no, no, we don't need to all of a sudden change what we're doing and, you know, shift. We need to keep the course if that's what makes sense. Um, you just have to have your own structure and, and team around you. You have to have coaches. You've got to have your own counselor sometime to talk through these things. Um, but you've got to have a plan or you're just going to keep grasping at whatever sounds like the next quick fix. Um, and then that's going to delay progress even further because you're not building those skills or helping your child build those skills that they're going to need to have going forward. You know, the one thing that made the biggest difference for me, and this was years ago, we have six kids and three wow. are diagnosed. And I think there's a, another one that wasn't ever diagnosed that's older. And um, the one thing that helped me uh, recently, I mean, in the last five years, is we scheduled time to be together. Nice. So he and I took walks um, every day after five. Yeah. So that in and of itself was a small action, but it had huge benefits. Cool. First, Great conversations, I imagine. On yes. Right. Well, as long as I was willing to shut up. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, mean, I had to really learn how to listen and yeah. to stop suggesting, advising and criticizing. Right. I, I mean, this was a learning on my part. Right. And and once I got past that, I don't know, a lot of the fear went away because I, I could I could see where he was and right. he could start to trust me too to really notice who he was. Right. And since then, my daughter, who's 25, he's 29 now, um, we meet every morning and work out together. And then we have a, a meditation time, and that's when things come up, too. Right. So I have found that just those times, if if we can just get it right, because they stopped being in the car with me because they can drive now. <laughs> so oh, right, yeah. <laughs> I miss my driving time. But when right. we schedule these walks and, and the time that we exercise, which really has helped her overall, just um, just her feeling of joy and, and then right. even that she loves it. Um, I felt better too, a lot right. better. I really got to know them and I got to help them problem solve the little thing. It's again, it's those little things. It's not the big, you know, what major am I going to have? Although that comes up, right. but it's like, how am I going to get the next course and choose the next course? So right. that was the one thing that made the biggest difference for me. Right. Was scheduling and time. it's a calmer space too, when you're moving, yeah. I think you're just, we were side by side too. That was the other thing that I think right. made a difference rather than you know sitting at the table kind of you know but the right. side by side you know just talking well and it's and and it, that, that listen piece talk. is critical you know and then like a common question i like to ask while i'm mostly listening um is if they're struggling i'll go so is this the your anxiety that's you think that's behind what the struggle is or do you think is this related to your dyslexia or whatever it might be, and just in a non, we're not trying to change anything, but we're just saying, well, we both know that that's a struggle you have. Do you think that's what's happening? And, you know, quite often they'll be like, no, it has nothing, like that affects me here, but it doesn't affect me there, or this isn't an autism thing. This is a, 
you know, whatever it might be. And I think as adults, as much as we try not to, you want to look at sort of the big categories mm-hmm. and, and put everything in there. Um, and so it's, it's good to get that feedback. And then it's also nice just to, to normalize and introduce that in a conversation in a way that doesn't feel attacking. Yes. Uh, it's just part of the discourse, you know, and model that for yourself too, right? If you're, yeah. I'm feeling really anxious today, or, you know, I'm really yes. a bad speller, or I'm not a whatever, and um, just normalize the conversation about all of our flaws and strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, I really felt um, like we got a lot closer. Yeah. You know, I was able to share the struggles that I have, and I was saying, you know, I was able to say, geez, you know, I really blew that. I'm sorry. Right. Um, you know, let me tell you, you know, can we do it again? Do I get a do over? Yeah. Right. right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and then it's then you're because you're really working to build a, a relationship where you're you're not peers, but it is adult to adult interactions. Yes. You're not talking to a seven year old anymore. Right. And, and I think that's probably the hardest shift for parents because um, what you're also seeing is inconsistency in maturity. That, you know, it's a 18 year old who wants to be 25 and who's acting 14 at the time. Mm-hmm. How do you thread that needle? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you've got to keep, you know, you have to do it all, but you, you really have to look for those moments where it can be, you know, adult to adult honest conversations about things honest yeah right out there lay it out and that's it's been delightful because um you know i just well i love him you know all the way down to his i love him just the way he is i always have right and i just want him to get what he wants out of life right 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 and that's the helping them figure that out i think is the other scary piece Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and how fast to go toward that um, yes that you know, I, again, I always go back to like, what are the foundational skills we're going to need to have to get there? Um, yes. And a lot of times I end up slowing down parents because I'd be like, oh, you know, my friend's ready to be an animator and we're going to send them out to California and they're going to do this thing uh, and it's going to be great. Um, and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, no, like, again, show up on time, get along with people, meet expectations, because I've seen scenarios where everyone's on board, it seems great, and they jump in too soon. And, and, and that door closes um, and that individual is not willing to go back there again because it's another failure and they don't want to do it. And so it's slow down. Um, you know, we, you know, lots of our kids go on to college out of Human X Academy, but we really want the vast majority to start a community college and yes. we'll do concurrent enrollment here so we can do it with them for a while. Good. That, yeah. Learn how to do it, you know, and it's, you know, it's never about your IQ scores or all of those no. things, right? It's about the organizing or two minutes late to a class and you're anxious to walk in because you think everyone's going to turn around and think you're an idiot. Um, or how do you write an email to a professor that's mm-hmm. polite and appropriate or, you know, you didn't do well on the test. What do we do next? Now and what? Those are the soft skills that you have to have to do the other thing. Um, and for other students, go work in a supportive environment for a while and learn how to be an employee and yes. in there, and then we can get to the college thing. Um, so there's well, and not to mention all the social skills that they're going to develop at that time. Absolutely, yeah. right? You know, yeah. and you just it's, it's reverse engineering. Yeah. Um, and and I know um, for a lot of the parents I work with, like all of us, really, we only know our road. And right. And 
the lens of how we did it. Um, yeah. And so it's important to pull in other people who can say, that's great and it worked for you. But let's, again, let's look at what we've put together. Like that strategy doesn't make sense for your kiddo right now. Yeah. They can get there, but their trajectory hasn't changed just because they're 18. Um, right. it, it's always been different than their peers. And let's just be creative and make sure we keep momentum going um, and not get stuck. Yeah. Meeting them at where they are and then taking them forward at their pace. Right. Right. Yeah. And letting go of your anxiety that it's not fast enough. Yes. Or it's not, you know, living up to what their siblings are doing or their neighbor neighbors or whatever it might be. Um, and I think that's for parents, all the milestones are a reminder that they're on a different trajectory and that's that can be heartbreaking. Um, yeah, I like to I like to, you know, just imagine for myself, I just like to take that whole developmental timeline and stretch it, you know, to right. the, for, uh, you know, to the 20s and even into the 30s, because you can yes. still see the mile markers, but they're not in the same place as the other, you know, not right. autistic, not two E's, not whatever learning based disabled right. people. Yeah, it's right. just different. And, and thank God we right. live so long. So who cares? Really? Oh, absolutely. Right. And <laughs> yeah. that, that one year seems like it'd be terrible and it's it's not right. But, but I'm like, not when you're going to live to 100, you know, what difference? <laughs> right. You just have to be having forward progress. And I yes. like anything not to get inertia because it is right. hard to get started again. Um, yes. And, you know, we know that if you're out in the world experiencing new things, you are developing new connections between the neurons in your brain, yes. which which open up all sorts of things. Um, and if you if you're if you're practicing playing video games and sitting on the couch, like that's what you're going to be good at. Um, learn to do something different. Um, we have a lot of our uh, students. There's an organization in town here in Denver um, called TACT, Teaching the Autism Community Trades. Wonderful um, yes. organization. You're lucky. Um, yeah. And so like welding, computer stuff, um, woodwork, electronics, audio, um, automotive. Um, and I know some of those kids will actually follow into the trades and take advantage of the relationships they have with organizations, but others are learning how to go do something that's completely out of their comfort zone. Like learn to use a welder and not burn yourself or make a cutting board. Um, it's expand your world and your horizons. And um, at minimum you'll, minimum, you'll learn you don't like it and that's not what you want to do, but that's great. That's um, perfect. But then you might meet someone else who has another idea and they're building those sorts of connections and learning to, to, to just look out in the world. You know, We have another organization has a coffee shop in town here and students can, can work and do coffee and it's the same thing. Um, are they going to be baristas forever? Probably not. But that's not the point. And if that's what your, you know, your child needs to do for a few years to get the confidence to do other things, that's what they're doing. Um, but they need to have a reason to get up in the morning and go someplace and do something other than turn over and turn on their phone. Um, and I think that's, that's critical. Um, and then as you watch, you know, your child, your young adults, developing young adult experience these things, you're going to learn more about them and what they're ready for than ever would otherwise. They have to be out there experiencing things while people are supporting and watching. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, we have an additional question that just came okay. in from um, Marsha. I'm just noticing it. Sorry, Marsha. My daughter is, fail is flailing since graduating high school in May. She has and lost five jobs in six months. What advice do you have to help her get on a track to independence? Thanks, Marcia, for the question. No, it's a good, I wish, um, I, I'm, I'm interested in, in wondering why the jobs were lost, because um, mm -hmm. I think that's an important part of the puzzle here. Um, is it uh, a scenario where you might benefit from a job coach and 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 going sort of like a, a voc rehab approach or or just working with an employer that would let you hire a job coach um to be in there and do the coaching for them um or were the jobs a poor fit um but either way i suspect a, a coach would be helpful um because mm -hmm. somebody needs to point out the things that they really might be missing um and it could be how they're talking to their employer. It could be wanting to take too many breaks or not understanding the rules. Um, could be missing an important item that they don't do consistently is just annoying other people. Absolutely. Um, and 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 like I'm wondering about what her level of ability to advocate for herself is. Yes. To be able to say Boy, that one's a tough one. Yes. Can you? show it to me in writing and have me practice it with you because that's how I can learn it. Um, like that's key. And I, and I know hands down the students I think that have the most trouble with these transitions are those that can pass as normal um, and don't look outwardly different um, to other people. Um, and so students that can you know, do a job interview well and, and seem pretty on top of it and, and have learned to hide any of their disabilities um, mm -hmm. yeah. really suffer because employers don't have any idea and they work with enough, you know, neurotypical young people who are flakes and don't show up or are disrespectful or whatever. And and I, I've seen it where kids just, you know. They get painted with that brush. And right, it's, it's really like, you don't care. That. Right. Yeah. Like I had a, a year or so ago, I had an interaction with a student who his ideal job was to be a salesperson at like Staples or something like that. This was going to be great. And we're like, perfect. Like you could do this. This would be awesome. And we were talking about filling out the application and communicating with the manager. And um, I said, OK, well, we know this is how you learn. What do you think about like communicating that with your manager? Like, I need to, you know, can you show me how to do it a few times before I need to do it? Or if they ask something about that, like, how would you make, how would you respond to that? And they're like, forget it, not going to go. I am not yep. going to apply for that it job. Just Done. overwhelming. Yeah. Right. And you go, yep. oh, like, let's, we have to work on that because let's, again, the world will bend over backwards. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So good. So good. Um, yeah, let's get to the question number six here. Um, this is my, I find myself struggling resisting being an expert. <laughs> my 15 yes. year old still needs advice. He doesn't know everything. Right. So how do I reel myself in? Oh, it's so hard. It's so, so hard. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think it's, you got to get a piece of paper out yourself and, yes. and, and, and strategize sort of the 10 ways you're going to respond. Um, to this and and try to stick with it because 
they don't know anything <laughs> and they think they know everything, which is the, which is the killer. And you're like, oh my God. Um, but I think it's, it's pointing out, you know, incongruencies and in, in what they're doing and what they're saying they want. Um, and then I think it's also all right again to sort of introduce sort of real life scenarios to the choices they're making. So if they're needing to get stuff done and they don't, you know, don't jump in and fix it for them. And no. that um, has been the hardest know, and, and <laughs> It's really hard. Sit on your um, hands. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's really, especially if we're talking about like the, the academic piece and how do we get them through school and what's going to happen and when if they get delayed. Um, and I think that's, um, I think you, you really need to sit down and, and think about what that, that needs to look like and how, you know, natural consequences to a degree, you know, create a little tension within that 15 year old to help them understand what's going on. Um, but the better you're able to sit down ahead of time and like write this out on paper and how you're going to, you know, approach it and what you're going to say that you have a game plan that could shift, but you, you know, but before you shift it, go back to the game plan and be sure that it's, it's, it's wrong before you, you bounce around a little bit. So I think that consistency, um, and I think just talking about what expectations will be like when they're 16, 17, 18, 20, 25, and, and providing context for all of your irritating comments that you're making to them or whatever it might be. Um, they just want to be independent and they want to be left alone. Yes, they do. And many of these, these guys, they don't want to be a problem to fix anymore. And that's, that's been their experience, right? So yeah. you have to understand that context as well. Um, but I you got to have a plan. Um, Ross Green's proactive, collaborative problem solving process. Right. Right. I love it. Um, you know, where you start out and you state the problem, which is just the facts, right. and then you ask them, how do they think about it? And right. then you just listen, 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 right. and, you know, zip the lips until it's all out on the table. Right. And then you tell them how you feel about it, because this does have to be something that satisfies both of you. Right. And then you find where the two of you meet. Right. And then you agree on just the one tiny little thing you're going to do next. Right. So I right. just, I love that. Because quite often there's, there's logic behind some of what 15-year-olds yes. are, are saying in their own mind, you know, yeah. and it's, it's logic in that isolated moment. Um, and they're not thinking about logic that are the next steps that, that we're worried about. And so I think that's really productive dialogue to go, okay, I hear what you're saying in this scenario. Maybe not, and, and I could be flexible, but here's what I'm worried about. I'm worried that there's a lot that's going to change as you get older, and we got to help you figure out how to navigate that, and that's there. And then maybe the conversation is just about here's what's coming, and here's what I feel responsible to teach you, and together, can we work on this? <laughs> like we got to start making that happen and, yeah. and be collaborative. Yeah. Yeah, that collaborative piece is um, the reciprocity that is sometimes lagging with our kids, often lags with our kids. But if we show right. them that the steps, okay, the first thing is we're going to agree on the problem, you know, just the facts. Then we're going to talk about what you think. And we, when right. we think about talk what they think right. first, 
then they feel seen, you know, soothed and safe. Right. Then we share where we are, and then together we um, come up right. with a solution. Just the first thing, and we don't even call it a solution. I like to call it an experiment. You know, let's right. just see if it works or not. Let's try the first thing. You know. Right. Right. And then keep coming back. It's that consistency. That's the challenge on our part is to be consistent. Absolutely. And the, but the collaborative has to happen because, you know, after high school, parents just can't be as involved anymore. And and you better be on the same team. Yeah. When they go to work and they start to have a problem, um, there were two at my he was being bullied by a group of girls um, at his work. And then he was actually um having some sexual harassment going on and it was scary i mean you know yeah some guy was yeah anyway yeah um so you know those are tricky when you're not autistic they're really tricky when you right. are absolutely it's, it's just so many opportunities right. for people to misinterpret what is happening with you right right and if you're not a team you know those those young adults won't share sometimes because they think they're in trouble and I don't want you to be mad at me rather than tell me about your day. How did it go? Without yeah. an agenda to fix things. Yes. Yes. In fact, I, I love to remind, our, remind us that our role as parents of, of young adults, I don't care what all young adults, we have three roles. And the first one is we encourage. The second one is we warn. And the third one is we are consulted. And right. I was trying to find the source where I found that from, and it's actually Richard and, and um, Richard Iyer. They wrote a book anyway, and his wife wrote a book, Richard and, Richard and Linda Iyer. But, I, but when I, I Googled those three things, guess who else has that role? The oh. Queen of England. Oh, interesting there, yeah. Isn't that interesting? That's right? awesome. She doesn't legislate. Yeah. She doesn't, you know, but she encourage, warn, and mm -hmm. be consulted. So, but the part for us, right. we want to encourage in a way that they still feel safe. We want to warn in a way that they still feel safe. And if they don't feel safe, they won't consult us. So that safety really underlines right. it all. But it just puts a right. smile That's on the great. face when I imagine a crown on my head. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really helpful. Linda and Richard Iyer, they wrote a one, they wrote a whole series of books. In fact, years ago they took all nine of their children live on Oprah. Now there's courage. Wow. <laughs> that, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and um yeah they're just wonderful people. So um let's go to the let's go to the last question formal question that we have is how to help your teenage students transition from doing with prompts to doing without prompts? The first thing that comes to mind there, I think finding that thing that they're striving for. Um, yes. Is, is, the, is probably the biggest hook um, that if you can link it to a job they want or a friend they want to develop or, um, school or college or work or whatever it might be, there's a reason for it. It's amazing how magic things can happen. Um, and that unfortunately happens at different times for different students. Um, you know, again, I think the more they're out in the world doing things, the more opportunity they can see 
where those things are helpful. Um, you know, I always laugh a bit when when schools are you know handing out all the day planners, the hard copy stuff to all the kids. Um, and that's and that's totally a we're going to do with you or for you scenario. And it really is we're introducing the idea of a schedule and you're going to put things in it. But I've, I, I don't think I've ever met anyone who productively uses that on their own without a teacher saying write something down in it. Um, but it doesn't mean I, I suppose that it's it's not helpful at some point. Those mm -hmm. students nowadays might not use a hard paper schedule planner thing. Um, because they can use all the electronics, right? Um, Everything again, if, they can they can get it on their phone because right. I know that they won't lose it that way. Right. So I think it's good to continue doing it with them, and I think the more they they get into the world and there is things to schedule for or whatever it might be, they'll start to use it on their own. But don't be discouraged that it's not happening right away. Yes. Um, because. We don't know when that's good. That's going to tick over again. I, I, everyone I've ever worked with, no matter you know what their struggles were, will get to a place where they know they need to be places on time. But until yeah. they know they need to do it themselves, you're still going to be a parent for them. So know? it's get there on time, get um, get along and um, uh, meet expectations, meet expectations and then hold and yourself accountable. Hold yourself. Yeah, those um, are four. That's that's a great summary of what you're going to need in the work world. Right, right. And, and I guess I suppose the other thing to think about, too, is like, you know, this has changed and where are they in that process? And it sounds like they're sort of contemplating the need for doing whatever you're needing them to do. Um, and that that prompts are helpful because it's happening, but it's still very dependent on you. Um, and that's fine. So they're 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 practicing the skill while contemplating taking over that skill themselves and mm -hmm. or you know and maybe occasionally practicing and acting on it but they're sort of cycling in that and they're they're not ready to take it on and maintain it and so you know approach it in a way that's consistent with where they are um, on on that change piece yes yes meeting them right where they are noticing it and then i like to still you know suggest that problem solving process together if you say hey i've you know Here's what's happening. You have a checklist and I'm reminding you every step of the way. Do we agree on right. that? Yes. Okay. So what do you think about moving it to the point where you're going to do it on your own? Move, right. You know, right. cycle all those thoughts out. Well, I'm going to tell you because you're going to need this because if you want to become a voice actor, game designer, animator, right. you're going to need all that. Right. And okay. And then, okay. So what's the one thing we can do next? Right. Let's do an experiment. You tell me right. how would you like how would you like to conduct that? Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's perfect because that's and that's appropriate to where they're at in that process. Yeah. Yeah. And just keep cycling that process through. It's not the it's not the lecture. Let me tell you how hard it was when we walked both you know in the snow both ways uphill and all that. Right. 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 Exactly. <laughs> it's like right. mom, you guys didn't even have hair dryers, so don't talk right. to me about that. <laughs> exactly. Or that panicked. You're going to be, you're not going to be employable. You're not, and you go into the, oh, like, oh, this has got yeah. to change, right? And they mirror that right in their amygdala, shuts down their brain, and right. and then you're just, it's just fireworks from that point on. Exactly. Yeah, so hard. To, and I, I just think that safety is such a consideration that they just right. have to feel safe to share with us. Um, you know, maybe not 100% because some things, you know, they they still don't necessarily want to share, but most sure. of it, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah. So we've got about five more minutes. Um, what do you think about, can you like over, do you have any concluding thoughts or any, any things that you'd like to pull together at the end yeah, here? I think I would say to all parents, this is something that you can do. This is possible. You can get your teen developing young adult to greater independence. It is absolutely going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. You just need a strategy. You need a support team around you for sure. Um, but you need to approach it in a way that makes sense for your circumstance yeah. um, and and take the time to build that. Pull all the data you have, talk to all the supports, look at all the testing data that you have that might seem overwhelmed. Find someone who can tell you what that means and what that might look like at next steps um, and develop a strategy that makes sense for you. Um, you know, try to I set aside found, the anxiety. Let's see if I can get it to go back. Yeah, I just found a question we I forgot to ask. Okay. How can they connect to and grow their team who supports and encourages them the best way? Well, I think if you have if you have one good person on your team, talk to them about what else might to be might need to be added. Um, Such a good idea. You know, yes. start there. Um, you know, I would say most families have a counselor or a psychiatrist or a coach or somebody they're working with. So what else do we need here? Um, you know, I, I love to find uh, coaches or people that can meet students out in the world where they are, I think is really helpful, especially if they're a college student. You know, the counselor who's in an office might not always have the flexibility to say, I'm going to meet you in the library and let's look at your, your syllabus and let's break it out and, you know, finding those moments to, to work in the moment with them. Um, but just keep asking everybody what else needs to happen and yourself. And then, and then, you know, I suppose before all of this, ask your, your, your teen or developing young adult, like, like, what else do you need? Like, how can we help you feel better about what's going on? Um, and, you know, do the experiment. Let's see if this helps. Is this useful for you? Um, let's try it out. Um, and, you know, I think you'll be amazed how insightful they can be about what yes. needs they have. Um, but it's, it's continually asking the questions. I always talk about just stuff like that case conceptualization of, Okay, here's where we are. Here, here's where we are. What's this is what's going to happen next? How are we going to get there? Um, you know, daily, weekly, for sure. You got to look at it and go, okay, I'm frustrated. Are we on the right track, or is this something that we need to tweak a little bit? Um, and it can be either answer. Sometimes you're doing exactly what you need to be doing, and we just got to keep doing it for a while. And then other times you go, ooh, I didn't think that was going to happen. I thought they were going to do better, and it didn't work. Or you know, I thought they were going to do worse, and I'm completely blown away about what's happening. And you have to adjust yourself to what you're seeing. Um, so big picture first, and then start working on the details. But it has to be right for you, not just, you know, that impulse, you know, buy for the quick 10 steps to whatever we're working on. Yeah. It doesn't tend to work, and it, I think it delays progress. Yeah, gets everybody frustrated. Well, I, I do think that parenting – our children gives us an Ivy League, Ivy League education. Right. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> right? Because with six kids, I can tell you not one of them is the same. Right. You know, right. they could get the same that I could get good at this, but they're, right. <laughs> they're not. Right. So right. I just have had to put a structure in place that works for all of them and then, but, right. but has a ton of flexibility, right. you know, so they can customize it. Right. And you're not a bad parent because your child's struggling. 
doesn't mean that you've right. done anything wrong. Separation. Right? Yeah. I mean, six kids and six different personalities. Yeah. You know, you're doing a great job. You just have to tool what you're doing to make sense for each individual kid and where they're at. Yeah. And I find the joy in each one of them. It's amazing, you know, how much right. joy they've brought me. So I don't want to suggest at all that this is a one-way street. It's a two-way street. Yep. We feel very lucky. We have eight grandchildren already. And that's great. One, one great grandchild and another one on the way. Oh my so. gosh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I, I learned something every day. I do too. And, yeah. Absolutely. That's than the fun day. of it, you know? Yeah. And you're like, huh, okay. Yeah. So be yeah. open for that as well. Yeah. And I would say also find a, a group of parents that are on the same page that have the same experience. Um, ideally that are, that are positive and future focused and not just stuck and wanting to be negative about things, but find that support team for yourself because they think those shared experiences are so valuable and provide perspective and you don't feel alone when someone says, I've been there, you know, Exactly. I'm a few steps ahead, but here's what happened for us. And I wonder if that's the same for you. I think your own yeah. support is super critical. Well, that's what we're trying to do. In, and isolated. Yeah, that's what we're trying to do in the art of adulting in the, you know, in the course um, coaching right. community that we have. I'm available every every two or three times a week for them. And then also, right. you know, we can talk to each other and know that, you know, it's a struggle and it's all worth it. It is absolutely right. Absolutely. No, you will yeah. get there. I have no question that you will help them find their place. Um, just yeah. persevere and, yeah. and have a plan. It's inevitable. We just have yes. to go through it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Thanks again, Tom. I just can't oh. tell you how, how awesome this has been. I really appreciate your time. And I just can't. Um, I, I just can't wait to see what's going to happen. We, you know, maybe we'll touch bases in a year and, and see how things are going. Would be glad to do it. Thank you for having me. I just, I enjoyed the conversation. It's always fun to talk about this stuff. Oh, great. And we'll get you the um, links to the replay and the actual um, video so you can, you know, you can have it. So thanks everybody awesome. for coming. I so appreciate yeah. it. Um, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Bye for now. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Bye. Tom.